0: Uh, I am Adam and I'm a compulsive reader. and it's very odd to be in this side of the room um, I'm not a um, in my current uh, uh, incarnation of the program I don't do a lot of talking I don't I kind of sit and listen, listen most of the time um, um, but I will tell you what it was like how uh, what happened and what it's like now um, I love this meeting. I just, I've known Kitchen Sink ever since, I don't know, my early days. I came in in 1985 um, at 240 pounds and lost uh, 90 pounds. But that's, let's go back for it. I was born a young black child. <laughs> um, I was born, I'm 58 years old. Born in 1957, didn't show much sign of compulsive eating until there's like early pictures of me, and I didn't bring any because I I don't keep, I don't, I I, I probably should put something together, but um, uh, I just want to say, first of all, this is going to be a different kind of share. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, I'm really nervous, and. (laughs) To <laughs> too many people know me here
1: <sighs> uh, yeah <laughs> I'm
0: fully expecting something from you <sighs> Um. anyway uh, pictures showed me at a normal weight until probably about four or five years old and suddenly it's like I blew up I, I got round um, One of my early childhood memories is uh, getting punished and spanked, which my parents never hit me, hardly ever, except this one time, because I was sneaking to the house next door to wake up my friend so he could climb up uh, to the top of his refrigerator where his mom kept Tootsie Rolls. Um, And I was willing to, you know, climb. I I wasn't allowed to go out in the street, but the fence, he went right up to the street. But there was a very, like, three inches, and if you did this you could you know not be in the street my father saw me doing that he thought I was in the street and spanked me and that did not deter me um I sought I've sought food my whole life that's been my party that's been my go-to that's been my emotional uh uh I don't want to call it a crutch but uh I've often uh, my parents used to accuse that let me go back a little bit um Uh, I grew up in a family that was um, an odd, uh, uh, an, I think slightly unusual, in that my father was, uh, um, was very popular in his field. And so when we were around uh, people who knew him, we were treated very, very special. And I, that from the, as long as I can remember. And that, uh, I've been in a lot of therapy. And um, I've had a lot of neuro. I'm a pretty neurotic person. I sort of think of myself as kind of a a cross of Woody Allen and Mel Brooks. (laughs) Um, And um, I, there's always this like constant chatter in my head about, you know, I'm I'm so much better than all of you. So why should I, you know. why should I even try to make relationships? And then suddenly it's, it gets turned on its head, and I'm so much worse than all of you. Why should I make any relationships? And it's never moderate. But it's always very extreme. And um, so I turned to food pretty early um, because because the, my family just I wasn't there much. I was pretty much on my own as, as much as I can remember. We had servants. We had at one point we even had a chauffeur um, that was nice um, <coughs> but um, there wasn't a lot of contact between me and my parents and um, I always thought that I had to because I thought my father was so special and spectacular and thought he thought was actually even kind of superhuman in a way um, I thought that I had to live up to that somehow and most of my life, I'm just sort of trying to pursue that in a in a very failed way because ultimately I'm just human, and um, and I would always see my life as a failure because I wasn't living up to some you know delusional idea of, of what I should be. Oh, I did not think I was going to talk about that. Um, anyway, I. S- I was controlled eating and by when I was 12, they sent me to Weight Watchers because I was about 50 pounds overweight. I, mean, I should be like 93 and I was 143 or something like that. And I became the star of the little Weight Watchers and I got my diamond pin, and I felt very good about that. That was quite an accomplishment. And um, I was able to keep that off uh, all summer and or for uh, for a month. Yeah. Um, and then it slowly creeped back. And every time, you know, the, the, for the newcomers, I mean, you know, it's the classic yo-yo thing. You know, I'd lose weight and then I'd gain more back. And then I'd lose that weight and I'd gain even more back. And um, I got, uh, I was gaining weight again. And then by 19, I joined a health club and started, and I actually got to, I started dating the receptionist at the health club. And that made me feel pretty good. And, uh, and so I lost the weight and then I, we broke up and I gained it more back. Um, but I was always very controlled. I tried lots of diets Weight Watchers, NutriSystem, uh, high protein, uh, uh, and anything else, starvation, uh, anything I could. So uh, we get to about 1980 something and early 80s and uh, I had just lost uh, all my weight on Nutrisystem and I was a uh, fighting weight 165 pounds I felt great and I was going to move to Los Angeles I was living in Chicago at the time and I convinced them to give me food to take with me on my cross-country trip that I was driving I had a pickup truck a Volkswagen pickup truck cool car um, and I was going to th- I and they, and they don't let you take more than a week of food because they know what's compulsive eaters, you know. So and it's all packaged, powdered, and it was great. And I thought, this would be perfect, you know. I was going to take a two-week drive. And I threw it in the car and big garbage bags. Never opened those bags once. The moment I was on the road, it was vending machines, diners, McDonald's, anything I could. I must have gained 30 pounds in that two weeks. I went to town. Cause I had been doing that Nutrisystem crap for over a year. I mean, I was, like, ready, you know. And uh, I got to Los Angeles, and in that year, I gained 90 pounds. So um, my stepmother, she comes to me, and she says, You know, I was in this... Have you ever heard of Overeaters Anonymous? And I said, Yeah, it's that Christian thing, right? The crazies. She said, Well, they're not that bad, but I used to be there, and... I feel bad because I was the treasurer of a meeting and I kind of took the money and <laughs> I'm nervous to go back. And I have no idea if this is true or not. This is what she was telling me. I think it was her way to get me to a meeting, you know. And I really don't want to go back, but I feel a little like I should go back. Would you take me to the meeting? And I went, okay, I guess. And so it was a Thursday night. And she says, there's this big meeting over at the Thalians Center over at uh, Cedar sinai And I said, okay. And so we go there, and there was indeed a huge meeting. There were probably 120 people there, and they were, this is 1985. They were beautiful. They were dressed in white like this. And sequins, though, was not classic 1980s, you know. (laughs) Uh, And they were all hyped up. They were all thin. There were donuts and cookies and all kinds of stuff in the back of the room and they were happy and they were talking about God and they were talking about recovery.
1: I thought, oh, I probably
0: could do this, you know. And um, this guy comes up to us and he goes, are you looking for Overeaters Anonymous? And, and yeah. I says, that's upstairs. We're Cocaine
1: Anonymous. <laughs>
0: and so... Uh, We went upstairs, and there was, like, this dark room. (laughs) A dozen fat women sitting in a circle reading the 12 and 12. It was a step study. I had no idea what they were talking about. I was completely, I would say, in my state of mind at the time, I was repulsed. And I got this pain in my chest. And it was so, I thought I was having a heart attack. And I wanted to leave that room so badly. I mean, I, found, I was trying to find every excuse to run. And, um, but, you know, Terry wasn't leaving, so I thought, all right, and we just sat there. And um, I couldn't get it out of my head. You know, I thought they were crazy, and I didn't even know what they were talking about. And everyone seemed so depressed, and it was horrible. And I couldn't get it out of my mind. And so Terry said, well, try another meeting, see what it feels like. Right. And the second meeting was like the opposite it was this lovely meeting where. This really pretty girl in the elevator took my hand and said, "Oh, I'm going to help you." You know, I went, "Oh, good." You know, because um, I need it. And um, she befriended me, you know, like a dog. And uh, and literally, I mean, she like took me by the hand and I was. And um, my first sponsor was speaking, and I completely. Uh, Got what he was talking about. He made total sense, and I asked him to sponsor me that day. I had no idea what I was getting myself into,
1: um,
0: and I worked a great program for that first year. Um, it was like um, I had really come home, and that's what this program offers. This this program is uh, is it's not a cult. It's not you know some kind of brainwashing. It's just. A group of other compulsive overeaters who understand—we all understand what, what this <laughs> is about—and we all understand the pain of overeating, and and uh, and uh, and we have tools to deal with it. So this is what happened. Um, uh, I did everything I could. That first, I was going to uh, three, four, five meetings a week, sometimes twice a day. I was working my steps diligently, calling my sponsor every day. I was doing all these writing assignments. It, the learning curve and the the, the the epiphany curve was steep. It was wonderful, and um, I loved the literature. I totally took to the literature. A lot of people think it's old-fashioned, but I just loved it. And um, I, I um, it was the honeymoon, and um, it was a great honeymoon. And I lost all my weight. And my sponsor and I in. in In fact, went down to uh, the Health Institute of San Diego and we fasted for, uh, did a juice fast for three three days and then did a a raw food vegetarian cleanse for two weeks. And I got underweight and I loved it and my eyes were clear like the dead, like the dying, you know. And uh, Oh boy, was that good. I mean, I was literally floating. And um, I came back. I remained a vegetarian for the next two and a half years and gained 60 pounds or 40 pounds or something. And uh, I was embarrassed, and it was the beginning of my first relapse. I'm not a great example of how to be a perfect pers- person in this program. I'm really, really... My track record is up and down, up and down. So part of my what happened story is my what happened in program. Um, you know w- what it was like before, um, I relapsed for about eight years. I gained a hundred pounds um, more than that actually that was for, in that eight years I got up to about three ten is my guess, um, maybe more, but the scale stops you know at three hundred and so i don 't know I stopped weighing myself after a while um, I got up to fifty eight inch waist and basically I gave back I, tr- I tried to take back this I took back this delusion of control. A lot of this disease is about delusion and about, you know, lying to ourselves. Um, and I'm really good at that. I'll find any excuse to, to not... I'm afraid. You know, I live in, in fear. You know, I was watching the Republican Convention, not to get political, but I mean, I, I could feel that sizzle, that fear. You know, um, it was very familiar to me because I, I live in that most of my... Um, most of my life and the steps are 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 really I mean you know that's one of my best tools is to read something out of the big book when I'm in fear because it normalizes everything you know these guys are talking about um it matter of factly honestly and without uh without uh you know, it's not extreme, no extremism in there. It's just, it's just down to earth, grounded material, particularly the big book and the 12 and 12. That's pretty much what I, what I work in. And, um, as it, with, through all my relapses, through all the problems I've had in program or in my program, um, I've always kept the 12 steps at the, has the principles and the steps themselves have been sort of the core of my being. I'm always aware of them and it's always been a source of comfort. How well I've worked them and surrendered to it is a different story. Uh, I keep taking back my will. And this is a very tricky area for me because on one hand I could really, you know, take the whip and, and start, you know, killing myself over this. Um, and that's another good excuse to go out there. Um, I'm going to fast forward because I'm getting a little short on time. But, um, I relapsed for eight years, gained it back. I was miserable. I really started isolating. Got up to that 58-inch waist. Um, I let all my friends go, and I made a lot of friends. Um, I, one of the, my big things is relationships, and I go to the relationship program. I used to. I, I, I've been on and off there, too. Um, actually, several relationship programs. Um, And um, one of the biggest uh, issues I have is isolating. Um, I try to stay, uh, I try to solve it myself. I can control this. I can do this. And I can't trust anybody else. I can't even, there's a, it's like almost like a post-traumatic thing where I, the idea of lifting, picking up that phone, I can feel like this burning sensation, like I can't do it. I can't do it. And or i would hate to take phone calls i actually have a sponsor today who i rarely call but i actually do occasionally call him. that's a lot better than it used to be i'm i'm like i said i'm not a really good example of somebody who works a, a strong program i work a different kind of program i i i um i do have a sponsee now that i talk to every day that's absolutely new and and wonderful and gets me out of myself and the recovery is that i'm willing to do that now um the weight is coming off um, my absence today. I should tell you my absence today is I don't um, I stay very aware of whether I'm using food uh, to change my feelings or not. That's basically it, except I don't eat Cheetos. I don't know what it is about that, but there's something about them. Um, so that's the, the one red light food. I'm trying to think if there's another red light food. Um, it used to be chocolate, and now that doesn't seem to make me crazy. Though I don't, I try not to, to do too much of that. Um, I'm not suggesting this is an absence for anyone else. You know, this is a weird program. I, I mean, I had a period of time. I'll, I'll tell you quickly where, uh, after that eight-year relapse, I came back to OA and I started working uh, the program again. And I, uh, but I, 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 I um, I plateaued at about 70 pounds overweight again, about that 240, 250 level. And um, uh, I couldn't seem to break that barrier. Thank you. Um, So I uh, I went to how and which is not necessarily a dirty word. I, I love that program. At first, I mean, I thought I would never go there. I was, on the, I was in the L.A. Intergroup earlier, and I was sent as the co-chair to, to actually investigate how and see if we should throw them out of program because they were breaking tradition. So, I mean, I was really anti-how.
1: <laughs>
0: and I went anyway, and, um, uh, and, I found, and I lost all my weight there. I found the food plan was extremely helpful, and I found the focus on it for me at the time was extremely helpful. And I weighed and measured my food, and I called my sponsor every day, and I started sponsoring, you know, after 30 days. I made three outreach calls a day. I and mean, the structure is phenomenal. And um, it really, really helped me. And so I did that, and um, I did that for about five years, and then I fell in love, and I got married. And um, that just threw the whole thing to hell. I... I <laughs> <laughs> She didn't like I was going to programs. She said, You have all these years. She said, why are you going all, every day? Why don't you? Because I was going to meetings every day. And, you know, why don't you just, you know, be a maintenance kind of guy? You're, you know, your goal weight. You, you, you. And, and I believed her because I did, you know, I, this was my problem. I didn't want to be around people because I would do exactly what they told me to do. I could, it was all or nothing for me, you know. And I've really had to learn through a lot of therapy to not do that anymore and try to find, you know, I don't know if I'm making any sense today. but, you know, to find a, find a way to have sane relationships with other human beings. And, and a lot of that has been letting go of this vision of who I thought my father was and who I'm supposed to be, and, and, uh, and that I have the right to be who, whoever I am, who, which is still a mystery to me. I also have gotten very clear that um, I was reading. I started reading this book. I can't remember. I think it's called What the Brain Likes. Oh, well, it's outside issue, but um, it talks about how the brain loves certainty and it's sort of like a drug. And I think I'm addicted to that. You know, I get very insecure if, I have, if there's a gray issue and I don't have an answer. Or I can't find an answer. I used to come to meetings looking for great speakers who were going to change my life just by listening to what they said. And I'd always be disappointed when I didn't hear that, you know and then I'd be attracted to the really strong speakers, it didn't matter how fucking crazy they were, uh, they were strong and opinionated, then I would want to follow them. And so I was always on this search, and this search, never looking inside, never looking to God. I was always looking to somebody to save me, you know, as if I needed saving. And through all this work I've been doing, I realized there's no saving that needs to be done. I'm perfectly fine, just as I am. There's nobody that's going to come and take care of me. I mean, the kind of taking care of I was looking for was something that a five-year-old needs from their parent you know and I don't have a parent's going to do that and I'm not five anymore I mean that was the biggest thing was holy shit I'm not five anymore I mean if somebody came along and wanted to take care of me like a parent to a five-year-old you got to run the other way you don't do that to, you know they're fucking crazy you know and you're crazy if you're going to you know let them do that right so that's been my journey. My journey has been all, you know, in there, you know, I've really been trying to untangle and undo this, this damage that I come from. Um, I'm not saying program is secondary cause it's not, I really think of the 12 steps as sort of the, the core where all this has grown out of. Um, and I'm constantly going back to step one because that's the first thing I, I, I give up. I let go of is that I'm powerless and my life is unmanageable um, because the moment I don't remember that I'm off to the races um, I didn't believe in God when I first came in I um, I was raised an atheist kind of communist New York pseudo-intellectual atheist and um, uh, it took a really uh, it took a big effort for me to actually consider the idea that there might be higher power. My mother is an alcoholic and she's dry and she went to program in like 1969 or 1970 and got cured for six months. She went for six months, got cured and left and she never drank again. Kind of crazy. And, um, she moved down to Mexico for her retirement and, uh, and now, at the age of 85, just a year ago, she started going to AA meetings down there. And she is still... Is that the time? That's time? Okay. Anyway, I love... I went down to visit her. And what I loved was that she's still as critical as ever of the God thing and the hierarchical, you know, Christian, blah, blah, blah. But she goes to these meetings. All her friends are from the meetings. She loves the meetings. And she doesn't work those damn steps, but she has gotten so much sanity just by going. It's really remarkable. Um, And our relationship has improved tremendously, and I'm very, very grateful for that. I hope I said something, and, you know, please ask me questions, and I can expound on things or (laughs) clarify. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Readers Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember that uh, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Okay.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know much of anything about your personal life. But if you are still married, how did you work out the not going to all those meetings? And if you're not married, was that a significant part of why you're not married?
0: We got divorced. I went back to meetings. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) um, No, that wasn't why we got divorced. Um, But uh, um, we got divorced for different reasons. Um, But it was... uh, I couldn't bring myself to get back to meetings until after after I, I yeah after we split up
1: yeah
0: on and off mostly if I do any exercise it's been mostly it's hiking I try to get out I've tried the gym so many times and I can't, I can't just can't do it in there mm-hmm. um, so I walk every day uh, at lunchtime I take a walk um, I try to you know. Get a little cardio in there that way, and then um, I try to get out to the mountains as much as as much as possible. That's yeah. it helps. It definitely helps, especially um, uh, you know, uh, with the hiking and breaking a hard sweat and getting to that wall. Um, that clarity comes, and it really helps with my program. And when I when I get there, I get very clear on um, uh, on what's uh, for some reason physically helps me a lot. Um, to get clear on, on, on uh, almost like you know what's important in my life because when I'm not exercising and in a lethargic state I can get very easily into uh, an, a compulsive or impulsive or obsessive cycle of some kind other than reality thank you so much
1: for um, I, I really identified with this part of your share that you can expand on where um how do you stay honest about yourself and your food when um, you might not be abstinent, or you might be in oh. And at the same time, stay really, really gentle when yeah. you talk about being imperfect, because your abstinence is not as concrete. Right. Um, and I wonder if um, I wonder what you would say to a spot or what you would say to yourself, or mantras, or things that you say to
0: just be kind and honest yeah oh right so how do I uh uh be uh when uh, <laughs> uh yeah how do I not beat myself up when I'm uh you know not in, uh, in a good abstinence uh, or what would I tell a sponsee or what do I tell myself to, to be honest and also be kind to myself and not beat myself up at the same time yeah. that's a real challenge and um, I've not been, most of my, li- my, my life have not been successful at that. I've usually used the beat, beating up thing. Um, and, oh, I had a perfect example, which I forgot. But, um, uh, you know, the sponsee thing is amazing, because I would never, you know, that was one piece that I would not let go of, was I, would n- I didn't want to be sponsored, I didn't want spon- to, to sponsor, to sponsor. And I always thought uh, but I've learned so much from my sponsee more than I ever learned from being sponsored. I just uh, it's amazing to me every phone call I get something out of that. It's just kind of a a new opening for me, taking me this long to to understand that Um, I think first and foremost, uh, you need both. You need to be absolutely honest and you need not to beat yourself up. I have talked to my sponsor about this too, and it's it's one of those. Uh, uh, it seems like a dichotomy, um, but I don't think they're the same thing. I think beating yourself up, and you can't you can be honest. Uh, I'm not explaining this well. My mind is a little I'm not really clear on it. Um, uh, I cannot. Self loathing and self hatred is going to drive me to overeating and to the compulsion. So that has to be a, a no go zone, a red light zone. I can't go there. Um, and I have to be completely honest at the same time. And I'm not been as successful being honest. I've been, I, I'm not been successful, all that successful with either of them. But it's one of those gray areas where you just gotta let it go I, I've told my sponsees sponsees actually I've told several that um, well, well my experience with it is um, that you have to find a way to just prayer works to understand that it's not my fault that I'm a compulsive overeater. This is not something I'm doing willfully. I may be acting out on the... Uh, I mean, I, you know, it's a serenity prayer. I have the, uh, the power uh, to uh, make a phone call, to use the tools. Um, but I have to accept the fact that I'm a man without legs. You know, I am a compulsive eater. That's going to be forever um that is not something you can blame yourself for um but i have you know yeah i mean i I was in OA with my first relapse and i was in the OA show and it was the second year i was in and i had gained like 40 pounds and i was trying to hide it and i remember i was in the show on stage at the birthday party in front of everybody and i had to wear a shirt outside my pants because i couldn't button my pants and i was still pretending to be the successful you know mr oa guy so uh, that, that, that went for a lot of beating up. I, I hope I answered the question. I'm, I'm having a little hard time with oh, that one. So yeah. Much. Thanks.
1: You mentioned that self-will is what you believe was the cause for relapses. Yeah. And I'm just wondering just two parts. One, how do you are you able to identify when you are in self-will place? Hmm. And are you able to then access your higher power and to do? How do you access it?
0: Uh, sometimes I just have to get on my knees. Um, oh, uh, do I know when I'm in my self will and, 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 uh, how do I know? And how do I, and do I access my higher power? Right. And how do I do that? Um, uh, I know when I'm in my self will. Um because there's a certain kind of whirlpool thing going on in my head, and it's always aiming at avoiding I get scared I, I'm, I get very I, there's a, a lot of fear is associated with when I'm in my self will and um, and I want to do the things like you know hide out, close the door, pull the shades, pull the curtain. Um, The only thing that I've known is, again, thank God for the sponsees because they call. So that helps. Um, uh, If I'm able, I pick up the phone and make a phone call or run to a meeting um, or uh, pray. Um, Prayer always seems to work. It's the weirdest thing. No matter how, you know, (laughs) no matter how sure I am that it's not. It, it does and um, uh, and that's just and I say the serenity prayer I say the third step prayer which I often get angry about because I don't want to be an example to others so that I can help others you know <laughs> it's like I don't want to fucking help others I want to help myself you know um, but because um, the, 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 I get very selfish in the fear you know I feel like it's a survival thing I also remind myself this is delusional this is delusional thinking and I'm crazy, and that's first and second step. And um, so I go there a lot, and that helps an awful lot. When I remember that my mind is not working for me right now, that really helps. Terrell, you're not going to ask a question? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, I'll so how do you get from uh, communist intellectual atheist to? <laughs>
0: Oh that was really cool. I kept on going to meet how do I how did I get from being an atheist to actually believing in higher power? I I was uh, at a meeting, you know, I kept on hearing this stuff at meetings and I was realizing these people weren't as crazy as they sounded, you know, they were you know, they're talking about this god thing, but they all seemed pretty like, you know, kind of cool people. I was really loving the people and uh, which was really rare for me and this is one of my first time in program and so after about I don't know 6 months I went home and um, I lay down on my bed and I just kind of I didn't know where I was looking or asking. But I said, "Well, what would it be like if I did believe in a higher power?" And I swear to God I well,
1: <laughs>
0: I seemed to hear a voice in my head going,
1: "It's wonderful."
0: <laughs> and I didn't really think that that was God talking to me, but I thought that was maybe my own voice, you know, saying, "Well, what the hell, doesn't matter anyway. So what the hell, you know." But the idea the comfort that came with it it just was overwhelming I said okay I'll give this thing a try and ever since then it, it, it was non-issue and I still don't really understand who God is I've done a lot of I've, I've started you know dabbled in many different things and you know, uh, you, know which I, you know if you want to know what that was I'll tell you but you know that was uh, yeah I don't have a problem with it now at all I like it I mean it's what I turn to a higher power that's not me
1: um, what? what? made you come back? And <sighs> you stay?
0: I was desperate. Um, this is after the divorce, and I was gaining so much weight, and I was having now physical problems because I'm 58, and I can't. My body won't won't tolerate what I used to do. I was gaining weight again. I was up to about 270-something. I, I weighed myself the other day. I'm down to 221, so it's like a 50-pound so far come down. And um, uh, I bought newer clothes. Oh, uh, the question was,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> what made me come back and what's going to keep me stay, keep me here? So I was desperate. I just, I hit a wall. I was desperate. And I ran to the Serenity Sunday. And John was talking. And I went, oh, thank God. (laughs) I know, you know. I just ran up to him. You know, help me. And um, so I was desperate. So desperation is a gift. Um, Thank you. What will keep me here is I just got to keep coming back. Period. No matter what. And, um, you know, there is a proper use of the will. And that's one of the use of self-will is to get me here. You know, I'm not I'm not going to make demands on myself anymore to to go on a diet, to lose weight, to, you know, to, uh, this has been a very gentle abstinence. It's been a very broad abstinence. Um, and it's working for me right now. I'm also willing to I understand that that can change down the line because I've tried. It's always changed. Um, and um And I got to, you know... See, I, it's so easy to beat myself up. You know, say I should do better. But I'll just keep coming back. That's all I can do. That's all I can I can dependably do. You know, I don't want to demand too much myself because I know my crazy and I know I'll run. So, it's a balancing act. Yes.
1: Thank you so much. I Thanks. just love your abstinence. And I not know how long you've been in this abstinence.
0: For a, a little over a year. And, um... It's been pretty comfortable most of the time. Um, I had there was a couple of weeks here and there where it got shaky, and I thought I was going to run. Um, and those were the times when I did actually actually I called. I did make a call, so I guess I'm getting better. Oh, the question was how was my absence now, and how long has it been? <laughs> yes, Joyce. <laughs> Hi.
1: Yeah. Not. And, but then you didn't say anything Yeah. But you
0: loved it in So Well, it's funny. When I decided to get, when I was starting to feel desperate, it was building. I went and checked out a couple of Howe meetings again. And the cool thing about Howe was that nothing changed. I had been gone, I had been gone like six or seven years and everybody looked the same, was the same, the same pictures. Everything was exactly the same. And it felt so like coming home and familiar and but there was something about it that this time around for me I realized and thank God I got back I mean um, was that um, there was something that I needed that I wasn't getting there when I got married that, that I went out and I'm not blaming Hal for that That's, you know, but I realized that I needed the focus to be more on um, I don't know I needed something that, that was bigger for me, in the emotional area and the, and the step work. I mean, there's a lot of step work there, too. But um, I knew the focus for me this time couldn't be on the food and, and losing weight. This time, it was bigger than that. I don't know how else to say it.
1: <laughs> yes? Thanks, Adam. Did you find that um, your? because I know that divorce thing was really painful. So yeah. How did, did that bring you closer to it? higher power how did you get the resiliency did, did that strengthen
0: how did that your oh my god that was horrible i you know i never thought i could cry again and with that i was i was bawling like a baby you know and um you know I, the two things i don't do is cry and throw up you know because <laughs> they're, the, they're the they're the ultimate loss of control you know and there i was just crying like a baby and um And actually, I didn't come back to program right away. I mean, it was like a year at least, I think, uh, before I... um, So at the time, I thought it was... um, I mean, I kept on... I knew enough to know that this was going to be a life experience that was going to strengthen me if I allowed it to to play itself out and didn't run from, you know, try to stuff it away. um, uh, I never lost faith in God through all this, by the way. I never lost faith in my higher power. I, I've sort of and this sort of back to that beating yourself up. I sort of accepted the idea that I've got my own pace. Uh, you know, this is a very, in my mind, a very individualized program. You know, we all find our own way in this. It's very difficult that way. Um, but we there's uh, uh, and that's why my my absence I've made so broad. I try to stay as conscious as possible. and I. And don't use food to change the feelings. That's the best. I love that abstinence. I'm not always successful at it because I find that I don't realize I'm doing it until, you you
1: know,
0: after I had that meal or while I'm, you know, taking those, while I'm eating. And that's also okay, too. I'm a compulsive overeater, you know. I mean, that's what I've always used all my life. I'm conditioned to it. So that's my time. Thanks for having me.